Molweni and welcome to Conversations with Langosi. As you all know, my intentions are nothing but to filter out the rhetoric and the propaganda so that we children of the soil can form opinions based on logic and reason. Mine is to inform, educate and entertain. another episode on conversations with Langosi. I am your host Langosi and today's episode we will be well today's episode is dedicated to um, the late Mr. Tsietsi Mashinini and as you know Super Youth Month June 16 was not so long ago you know, and it's not just you know the, the the that, but there's a whole lot, you know, um, behind it all. I mean, the people, you know, that actually took part in, you know, um, the march, you know, the organizers, the leaders behind it, you know. It would also be key for us to get into those people as well, and you know, dive into who they were, what they did, didn't you? You know, and the build up towards the march because yes, we know about the build up towards it and the march itself. But do we know, you know, the students that were actually on the ground? You know, so today's episode is dedicated to, you know, um, the late Ntatetsi Mashinini. I hope you find it as informative and um, fruitful like I did. I enjoy doing the research. Um, but also this is not in depth it's just a summary you know so but I did drop the sources like you know I always do so yeah I did drop you know the sources as to where I got this from but like I said you know I I did what I could I hope but it's it's enough to actually give you an idea you know I actually tell you who um, that it's yet he machinini was so I hope you enjoy. McDonald Zietzimashinini was born on the twenty seventh of January in 1957 in central western Chabavo Esoweto Ndatitetse was the second son of a lay preacher in the Methodist church Ndate Ramotibi and Me Nomkita Mashinini he was one of the 13 children you know, which consisted of 11 boys and two girls. 
being a PK was, you know, he was an active member of his local Methodist parish and he later became the chairperson of Methodist Wesley Youth Guild at age 16. Um, there's this um, young mind that I'm very fond of, uh, you know, and he likes saying, and because he's a reader, you know, he likes saying, um, leadership is not given to you. Leadership is not something that you, you, you learn and then you master it like that, but you, a, a leader is born, you know, if it is your calling and it was yours to lead and you were destined for that, literally. It, it, it shows itself in, in your life, you know? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just here, like... And he was born on the 27th of Jan. Okay, okay, you know? So you just say, like... Are we, are we Aquarius? Are we there? <laughs> I had a moment there. But that young mind likes saying valley. You know, he likes using those words as, you know, leadership is not given to you it is born a leader is born you know it's yeah so i mean that it's it's at 16 and she a methodist no so i'm just here like hey we see you no like we do see you i'm just here like wow you know i just you know what let's just gonna get into his education alrighty so again attended the Amacheli Krishna in 1963 he then went on to um, Seeding Lower Primary so I'm thinking it's Seeding or Seeding I think it's a, a yeah guys calling for a pronunciation but I tried after which he proceeded to Utsepeng um, Higher Primary. And then in 1971, he became a student at Morris Isaacson, um, yeah, Isaacson High School. So in Morris Isaacson, I mean, we, we, we did mention it in the previous episode when we spoke about the history behind Youth Day, June 16, right? And so attended it he became a student there in 1971 so let's just highlight that yes star there we go he was a bookworm who was passionate about reading now this was quickly picked up by his history teacher Undade Abram who was a teacher at Morris Isaacson after being expelled from you know the University of Turf Loop for his political activism people like this i love him so much guys because like there's a lot that comes out of you know these people like he was tortured for (laughs) i got this because if it went for that 
so I guess sometimes blessings come in disguises, you know. So Ndadetero influenced and shaped Tsietsi's political thinking and subsequent adherence to the ideology and philosophy of black consciousness. He not only mentored him, but he did supply him with reading materials about it. It was through Ndadetero that Tsietsi began reading about the history of Africa's struggles, the American slavery, you know, the civil rights movement, and the evils of the apartheid regime. So you see why I'm saying Tefloop, okay, yes, they lost a gem there, but, you know, so it gained something out of it because Ndadetero, you know, ah, you know what? So yeah, he then was exposed to more knowledge, but that had to do with, you know, the black child and the struggles of the black child and what's happening in and around the world. But it all has to do with what the black child. So I'm just here like I went at it, you know. Oh, was also the chairperson of the debating team at his school. And he had an excellent academic record, you know, so his performance became the basis, you know, um, of influence that he had among his peers. It makes sense. I mean, that is what is important at times, you know. So, um, that is it. Let me just go through that. Like, can I just? Nah. was also the chairperson of the debate team at his school, Morris Isaacson, right? And he had an excellent academic record. Yes. So it was his excellent academic performance that also became the basis for the influence that he had among his peers. That he then joined a local branch of the South African student movement in 1975. I think I'd like to you to make a sense of five okay but you know yeah so again guys I'm just here like excellent academic record despite Bantu education and it's yeah and it being Bantu education and the department of Bantu education and its stuff you know he was an excellent student so I just wanted to say you can learn a thing or two here yeah bo Bantu courses you could learn from this courses people but I'm not doing shit honestly Okay, so that is it is energy creativity and sportsmanship became evident 
through his participation in extramural activities such as theater, ballroom, dancing, martial arts, swimming, and tennis. Oh, Nipes Paul Betuna. One of his former teachers, um, Mrs. Benedette Mosala, had this to say about him. And I read, He had real potential in the theater and asked for assistance for his productions. He had his aims high for himself and would refuse to play second fiddle. He was a very attractive and handsome young boy. I know the girls loved him and he was very confident. That is what Omisos Openatad Mosala said. But also when we watch Amma interviews, you see that confidence she speaks of and yes he was handsome guys children of the soil are beautiful we just are you know so he was handsome Vele he was guys he was may his beautiful soul rest in peace and his legacy continue to live on and shine all in our lives and in our actions but yeah no she you know she was spot on over there you know Ndadetsi was also one who preferred, you know, the African-American fashions, especially, you know, the hippie culture. So he was drawn to that. So, you know, like that, he sported an afro and wore bell-bottomed trousers and high-heeled shoes, you know, nice, you know, ah, he lived a, a, a socially vibrant life. That's... It's a beautiful description of how, you know, he, he, thingy, he was, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. He was young. It shows. I'm just here like, it shows. Wow. But guys, as for handsome, I'm sure you can also see there on the podcast cover ads. Also, click on the links there. Just Google. You will see what they are saying. You can tell Valencia would say, I know. But like I said, African people are beautiful. I mean, <laughs> evil. Why must we lie to ourselves? I'm just here like, but guys, his personality, I'm so jealous. I would have loved to to, 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 to to have him share his life with us more, you know, as South Africans. I wish, you know, it, it, it never left us so soon, you know? Okay. You know, Musuri, we also promote local black businesses ne? in Saudi, in South Africa. So, to the people of Egurleni, uh, specifically, there is a company that is owned by a young black woman called Ngosi Designs. Um, they have a website, you can Google it, you'll find it on Instagram. Their handle is at ngosi.designs. Facebook Ngosi Designs and then you can WhatsApp them on 066 346 7362 
or call them on 081-535-3220. They are based in Guatemala, so people around that area have advantage. Nkosi Designs is a company that um, makes hand, like they, they literally, they have, they make handmade um, backpacks, sling bags, any bag, any size, literally that you want. Guys, I'm not tripping. I'm just here like, I love their stuff. And they use denim. It's beautiful. Their work is amazing. Like, it's crazy. You know, if you click onto them, if you check them out on Facebook, Instagram, or, you know, on their website, then you actually get to see, you know, their work. And these backpacks have aprons, bomama, kuko, amakriya, amaduku. Yes, head wraps that have masks that match with them. So it's it's, it's it's just a beautiful, it's just, yay, that's bliss. For me, that's heaven. So guys, your go-to person for um, custom-made backpacks, sling bags, handbags, um, pocket bags, those, and your masks and your head wraps and your aprons. You know, if you you wanna come, you're getting married here. Magoti vibes, gifting of the families. They are also your go-to people there. But for custom-made aprons and 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 you know, they can they also make clothes. By the way, let me not chance. You know, they are open to that too. But yes, it is. It belongs to a young black woman. So please do support them. But Basekurleni, don't say I did not like you. Okay, so guys, it was a Leonard student, a gifted public speaker, and he made use of both of these qualities to mobilize students to take action. I mean, Mr. Tsiyotsi emerged as an undisputed leader of the SSRC. Ne? During the students' uprising which soon spread across the country. So people are asking me why. I'm just here like, how can you ask me why? Did we not just... Okay, but... So that you understand where I'm coming from now. <laughs> joined the South African Students' Movement as a member a student body established to assist the students with the, you know, transition from metric to university. That is what SASM was. SASM, the South African Students Movement. He joined that as a member. Which was a student body established to assist students with the transition from metric to university. He was then elected as the president uh, during the uprisings. On the 
13th of June in the year 1976, it is said that about 500 Soweto students met at the Orlando Donaldson, you know, um, community hall to discuss ways of confronting the evils of the Department of the Bantu Education. This was when the students resorted to staging a peaceful protest march on the 16th of June against the introduction of Afrikaans as a medium of instruction. An action committee was set up to prepare for the campaign. And then this, you remember there where I was celebrating earlier on? This is why. Ne? This is why. An action committee was set up to prepare for the campaign. He was elected chair of that action committee, which was later renamed the SSRC. Now, Datetsi then became its first president until his successor, Date Ogozo Sitlolo, pulled up, who was, you know, from Naledi High. So, let me just. Now you know, Gagbai, he was elected of Indon, the action committee, right? Of Ilendoka. And so, it was then later renamed to what? ESSRC. Now, Mr. Mashinini and Ntate Murphy Marabe were the two representatives from Morris Isaacson High School, you know, serving in the Soweto Students' Representative Council. In case you're wondering what OSSRC stands for. So they were the two who were the reps from Morris Isaacson. So it also gives you an idea of uh, the roles the two actually played. Yeah. And on the fateful and historic morning of the 16th, during an assembly at the Morris Isaacson High School, Ndadetsi climbed onto the podium and led the students in song and out of the grounds towards their assembly point for the planned student demonstration. The students were then joined by other students from other schools in Soweto. It is estimated that about 20,000 uniform students joined the mass demonstration that day. As the students marched down, they were in inverted commas met because that's what Lamaposa say. They were met by a police barricade on their way to the assembly point. And upon seeing this, Ndadetsi then stood on a makeshift podium to make an impromptu 
you know um yet spirited at rest so in as much as it was impromptu it it it, it carried a whole lot of it, it carried a whole lot of um weight with it you know um and and and, and spirits so it had that thing about it by the way yabo and he was encouraging the students to continue with their protest so they mustn't be deterred by what they are seeing don't allow it to no 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 cannot you know um and he continued to tell them to do it in an orderly manner and not to provoke the police i said this in the previous episode i'm going to say it again now near one peaceful protest students were unarmed they did not pose as a threat they did not pose as a threat that it's it's even doing what he did there was showing them for me that's enough confirmation you could see hi so <clears throat> you know mm. yeah nature 16 the horrific events which unfolded so the south african police shoot at the students using live ammunition mm. unarmed students that posed as no threat by the way the march of 1976 june 16 turned ndadetsi into an instant hero and activist you know and he was of national importance especially to the black child i mean guys weabo majega you know you know your people oh you know those people let me not say they're your people they're not your people they're not our people our people don't go about shooting students and shooting kids shooting the future of this country no it's not our people you don't work like that but that's mm Okay, you guys know these people, right? These people. After June 16, these people, eh, yeah, no. That it's yet he then became the most wanted man by these people. The apartheid police, these people, you know. But that did not stop him, you know, from promoting the message, continuing to spread and speak, you know, his truth and stick to it by the way of student resistance against the Bantu education. and that but the whole idea of it you know particularly the use of afrikaans as a medium of education in black schools guys afrikaans black what's apartheid what's this yeah you devils no you don't work like that what's this guys huh they had the nerves to afrikaans after shooting and killing our own like that bruising others robbing families Where were they going with live ammunition and tear gas to a peaceful protest? Not that they did not know that it was a peaceful protest. 
these people. Hey, <laughs> these people. Dadetsietsi stood firm and steadfast against their constant harassment by the state and the police arrests. By calling for students to boycott classes, issuing press statements, and he wrote critically about the evils conducted by the police and that government of theirs on the 16th of June. Now that led, you know, to the massacre of innocent students. You cannot not write about that. I mean, guys, innocent students, we, we did say they were unarmed. Oh, they were unarmed. The, the students were unarmed. I, I don't know how many times I'm alive. I cannot not stress this enough because these must fall and, and then you come back and you're like, the apartheid devils did this to our people and you're coming and doing it to your kids again. You by yourself this time. Is this what that is easy would have wanted? Hmm? Hey, hey, hey. So obviously by doing that, you know, he became a sworn enemy of the apartheid government, you know, with the police continuously looking for him. He had to flee the country. And we all know most guys, my story when we dig deeper, including sellouts and spies. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, uh-uh. So he had to flee the country because he was the most wanted. Because the police continued snooping like the useless and desperate little dogs they were. You know, they even went as far as offering a reward for information that could lead to his arrest. Ring a bell? Does it ring a bell? As you know, guys, mine is to promote black businesses, support local. Buy local, promote local. For a quality cleaning supplies, your go-to person, sons and daughters of the soil, is none other than Ilikalakala Cleaning Solutions. And yes, it's 100% black owned by a Mr. David Likalakala. How to get your hands on the product? Well, it's simple. Yours is to place an order via the emails or WhatsApp now, the email address is davidlizepe at gmail.com. And we can easily WhatsApp the following number 082 Don't say I did not plug you with another savior, guys. Do not say. <laughs>
Tetsietsi stayed in Botswana, you know, and for a brief period of time later, he then visited the United Kingdom and the United States, where he addressed the United Nations on the evils of the apartheid regime. he had the, the great mind he had him just being an amazing leader you know a, a fierce one who continued to you know speak his truth despite the, 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 the countless threats attacks you know it resulted to him having to go in exile but it was for his own safety we all know how the evil apartheid government worked with its sellouts now don't we i'm just here like you know so i want us to get into his his his, his him leaving us on on this earth like what really happened you know but i don't want to dive deep but you know um that machine mysteriously died in Guinea, a Conakry, in the year 1990. And this was on the eve of, you know, like as stated in that other statement, their political emancipation. So I'm just here like, you know. So we're going to get into Mrs. Mrs. Virginia Machinini's account, her, her side of how she got to learn about his passing okay so this is an extract from you know um the truth and reconciliation document so i'm going to read out the conversation that was had between <sighs> yeah now I have my own thing you know with that thing I have my own okay so the question here that was being asked to Mrs. Virginia Machinini was by Masuka Mrs. Machinini could you tell us about how you learned about Sietzi's death then Ms. Machinini responds I was very very sorry and sad because he died at the time that everybody was coming back I thought he would also come back, but all in vain, he was sent sometimes back. There was a story that Zietzi is mentally disturbed. He had a lot of stress, which sometimes made him violent, of which I thought we would bring him home to be put in the hospitals in South Africa. But most unfortunately, we couldn't make it because we had no money to fetch him. That is when we knew that he was staying in Guinea because all along we did not know where he stayed. Misuka then says, Could you tell us how many of your other sons are today alive and well? And then Utumama, they are all alive. Hmm. Except Tsiet. Misuka then goes on to say, 
One of the things that you mentioned in your statement was that you received a letter from the government of Guinea explaining Zietz, the way Zietz died. Could you tell us a little more about that, please? Umama Ad, yes, the letter is written in a strange language. We can't read it, but what we know, we were told Zietz died out of it was natural death. But when his corpse came to South Africa, we buried him here in South Africa. When the corpse came back to us, it was not like natural death because he had wounds all over the body, mainly behind the ear. He had a big wound, which after three weeks was still bleeding, and the right eye. I'm not sure where the rights were left, but one of his eyes seemed to have fallen in. There was a hole, and the other was swollen, a number of bruises in the face, which only shows that he was brutally murdered. Misuka then says, were you ever, um, ever able to make any inquiries about the manner of his death? Mama then says, we made inquiries. We are still making inquiries through people whom we know. Some are in America, but they agreed to go and find out what, because really, okay, death is death, but we wish to know how he died. What happened to him? We have made inquiries. People in that country won't talk to anybody, even a child. The reports that we get, even a small child wouldn't talk to anybody. Misuka, just a point of clarification. Somewhere you talked about the fact that whilst you were in detention, you were asked to turn state witness against your son, Mpo. Ms. Mashinini says yes. Then Usuka says, could you just tell us what actually happened with that matter? Obama then says, likely enough, the culprits, the victims had a good lawyer who were, when questioning me, was trying to put them out of the prison trial they were tried for. He questioned me for two hours that day in court. I was even angry. Why is this man asking me so many questions? But after, my, uh, from my statement, he was able to keep the culprits out of court. Misuka then said, could you tell us what the name of this lawyer was? Oh, to mama, I think it's Swanepoel under the company of Shanshetti. No, what I know is Shanshetti had ordered some lawyers. There, it is Ron Allen Fake, if I am right. Ron Allen Fake, guys, Ron Allen Fake. Like, I'm just here, like, I don't want to continue reading because it's quite lengthy. Yeah, well, but just... Guys... Oh, uh-uh, it's see it's his death are you seeing this I, like I don't know I am just guys guys I cannot not continue right yeah no I cannot let me just uh, let me finish this so Musuka says who was your attorney whilst you were in detention if you had one mama says I had none I had none because when I was taken home they told my husband that they are taking me only for questioning and I will be brought back. All these months, I was in detention. They were always telling me that, no, tomorrow you're going home. Next week, you're going home. So I couldn't arrange anything for myself. Nisuga then says, it seems that what happened with Zietzi and your sons have in fact influenced the whole family's life. You have lost your job and you were constantly harassed at home. Could you tell us at the end of the day, how do you feel about all of this? Mama then says, I am happy you took part in the struggle, South African struggle. I am happy and proud of it. But when it comes to death, death is everywhere. 
you can be hit by a car you can be stabbed anything could happen to you you can be shot and die so there is nothing wrong with death and especially that is a long time that it has happened it's very sad i am sad i count myself as those who are born to be poor or to be unlucky that we couldn't get jobs we couldn't progress everything ran backwards then instead of going forward and in any case we made our living out of nothing we're still under those circumstances i have children who have gone to school as far as um i have one who has done masters i have one who has become i mean my children have progressed there are those who didn't get anything because of our poverty of which i hope they will make their living The success is that your children are educated but it's difficult for you because it's not yet clear in your mind how Zietsi died they said to mum mum Then Miss Mkize comes in to stay to say in your statement that you made you said one of the people who told you that Zietsi was ill is Mum Miriam Makeba I want you to tell this commission did you ever contact Miriam in order to clarify the issue Mama comes back to say because there was that thing of Mama Miriam you know um saying that so this is you know I'm glad that we actually came across this because I was looking for this but the family side of it so mama then says because he had told us a different story I'm sorry to say I wouldn't like to make a follow up but I never followed her up so Mama told him, but I'd like to think when she got it, she had already spoken to Zietsi, so she had her own, you know. Because she says, because you had told us a different story, I'm sorry to say, I wouldn't like to make a follow up, but I never followed her up. But in my curiosity, I know very well that Zietsi didn't die naturally. In any case, she was not in that country by then. She was in Belgium. She was not in. Gini maybe it's the story she was told by other people by people who were there but she phoned us she took her time you know phoned us and told us that Cece is in hospital and then after a week she even told us that we must come because he's going to die you know so i think she saw the situation was bad and after a week still she phoned us and told us that Cece was dead Ms Mkize then says Maybe it's another way of trying to find out how Tieti died. Maybe you'd like to tell this commission that the time Tieti was outside in exile, was he a member of any political organization? Here we go, coming back to you see. Tieti mm. never joined the old organizations like ANC and PAC. As he was SRC in South Africa, he remained that. Tieti was black, conscient, um, conscientized, and we are in the house. We are all ANC, fortunately. But there are people who were with him and who knew how he got out of um, all African countries and got into Guinea. Guinea is a Muslim country. There are no politics there. So that is the first thing that is demo- that demolished him because he loved politics. Now in Guinea, there were no politics, so he was isolated. There are people who know about it, how he became isolated, only if they could say because he didn't just decide I'm going out, you know, of you Nigeria. I am going to Guinea. In fact, Mama Miriam Makeba was his rescue. 
she took him to Guinea and I am happy about that and I still respect her for that and he will not know I mean and we will not know until somebody comes and tells us so and so and so and so did this and that Ms. Suka then says Mrs. Mashinini I am not sure if your husband wants to add anything to what you have said then Ms. Virginia says we shall hear from him Dr. Mashinini then says we are having the cry of our children we are crying for our children his children are not around you know here and I believe their mother has been married to somebody else I believe their mother has been married to somebody else. I wish if it can happen, this commission can help me. I'd like those kids to come and stay with me until they have finished their schooling. And until they can see their living, whatever way they can. Yo, guys. I'm just here like, did you guys hear? Like, did you listen to that? So I don't know. I'm going to look into if the kids actually came back with the wife, if she brought them back. But that's basically how we lost, you know, that's how we lost him. And I really feel because we are all bleeding. And with the unclarity with regards to his death, the mere fact that his family found him like that for me is just, is too much to comprehend really because that you no one would like to see their own like that you your son battered here and, and literally messed up with like that you know no one would like to see that so i'm just here like your story you you, you did not die in vain that's you multiplied because there is a deity in all of us you did not, you know, um, the youth of 1976 did not take to the streets for us to sit down and fold our arms and do nothing now. You know, it's just a pity that even those that awarded you with that bronze medal are the very same people, the Lutuli medal, bronze medal of honor. Like, yes, I think if I'm mixing it up, Baldwin. They also continue to treat the black child the same way, no different as to how they were treated. And I know for a fact that you wouldn't have wanted that, you know. So I'm just here like, at times, you must be careful. Nani, leaders of several political organizations and, you know, leaders of society, we must be careful about how we we go about quoting and, and claiming to honor if we fail to actually do it we can honor but if you're also not contributing to ensuring his legacy lives on in your own way like as to giving back to the society and the community then what are you doing you kill our own and you shut up the tears of the Mashinini family 
they did not fall to the ground only for us to step on them like that and it's not only that tears but I was too we lost a hero we lost a leader we lost a brother we lost a father a family lost its son and children lost to tatabo We remember you that it's easy. We celebrate you. And your story shall continue to be told. Unfiltered. And not biased towards any organization. Because we respect you. and the role you played in society as a whole and across the world mama miriam thank you mama but also guys i have so many questions <laughs> we are going to be doing digging here and there but not now but i hope you guys like i said found this episode informative because i sure did i was just there like miss me with your other lectures that i don't know if it's not from or if they are okay what as i'm like it it it's different it hits home when it's from someone that knew that person or someone from that community instead of a leader of a specific organization that is going to say it or, or, or tell his story but in a way that suits them and that paints their organization to be better you know and that if you're going to tell me that it's it's his story tell me his story that's why it was also very important for me to figure that part of you know the TRC commission the TRC because those were from the the parents and like we did mention Horevele there were no accounts of you know that them TRC being part of any established liberation movement mama even confirms it saying We're all ANC by the way and clean but Bengenguyena he was an SRC member and he stuck to that So in case you were wondering who Tsietsi Mashinini is ntate Tsietsi Mashinini was one of the leaders of the 1976 youth day the june 16 uprising that march he was the president leader unfazed did not fear by the way fearless yes a fighter I could go on honestly because his story does inspire it does motivate in as much as it is heartbreaking how we lost him and still till today there's no clarity on that but his legacy lives on his story shall continue to be told 
and they did not march for nothing. They laid the foundation. I was asked to work from there so that the next generation does not find themselves in the shithole that we are in now. As the black child in society, we could learn a thing or two from the youth of 1976. Cossas. Oh, Ngazi Cossas, guys, man. Hey, hey. Anywho, Ngosini, I hope you found this fruitful, informative. It is angering, but let it inspire you and motivate you to not give up and to keep on keeping on. Today, it's because of them and we cannot not. You know, so please do subscribe, like, comment. If, you, you know, there's a space for you to do that, send an email via aeplamini at gmail.com or even find, you know, just uh, look us up there and our website will pop up for conversations with Langwasi. I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you very, very much. You are loved by me and appreciated so, so much. Happy Youth Month, young people. Attention! 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 Attention!